It is Tuesday, June 20th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. More fallout from the CP3 Bradley Beal trade. And the College World Series rolls on. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. NBA trade drama abound as we approach the NBA draft. Wake Forest becomes the fifth number one national seed to win its first two games in the College World Series. And somebody is hitting 400. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Plenty of fallout, AJ, still from the Chris Paul Bradley Beal trade as we hear from Chris Paul for the first time he spoke to the New York Times in an interview that was published yesterday and we also have sportsbook fallout I got an email from bet online with all their updated odds we've seen DraftKings and all these other sports books update their odds so definitely some interesting conversations surrounding not just the Bradley Beal effect on the Suns but whether or not Chris Paul will play for the Wizards at all and if not where does he end up yeah and yesterday if you'd listen to yesterday's show when this trade first came out we were talking about it and Mackenzie Rivers our NBA expert seems to think that it's unlikely Chris Paul suits up for the Wizards and that makes some sense because the Wizards are in with with this move they are signaling hey we're in full rebuild Mm -hmm, mode mm -hmm. usually if you're in full rebuild mode the first thing you do isn't sign uh an over-the-hill point guard like Chris Paul so um Seems like it would be it would be most sensible that they won't carry Chris Paul. This yeah, year. they'll they'll waive him. They'll pay him the money that they owe him, but it's not going to count against the salary cap. And then he'll become a free agent and sign somewhere. We'll go over the updated odds on CP3's next team. But here was what he told the New York Times about the trade. Quote, it's just tough. Seriously, it is part of the business. And what you realize is that no one owes you anything. No matter how you are with them or what you do, you realize that in this business, nobody owes you anything as it should be. But when it comes through and my son texts me, I realize that, you know, Matt and Isaiah, meaning Isaiah Thomas, I guess just wanted to go in a different direction, end quote. Now, that was Chris Paul insinuating that Isaiah Thomas, former, you know, Pistons, great, right? Mm-hmm. Former failed Knicks executive. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, who's good friends with Suns owner Matt Ishbia, is involved in the decision-making process of the Phoenix Suns. So he's just good friends? He doesn't have any kind of an official role with the team? No. So in the introductory press conference for Matt Ishbia, he said the team did not have any plans to hire Isaiah Thomas, but he also didn't roll out that there could be a role in the organization for Isaiah Thomas in the future. I wonder what, I mean, maybe they've had conversations. Maybe he and Chris had a conversation. Isaiah and Chris had a conversation that would make Chris feel like this would be the reason why. Otherwise, it's it's strange that he would say that unless he's this is his way of saying, yeah, Isaiah Thomas has way more of a say in that organization than he should. And I'll be honest. It's kind of a nice move out the door, like if you're salty with that organization, because just hearing that, you mentioned Isaiah Thomas's past failings as a GM. Yep. Like, my first thought is, oh, if Isaiah Thomas has his hands on this thing, he'll probably find a way to screw it up. He 
failed the CBA. Remember when yeah. – I'm not talking about, like, the collective bargaining agreement. I'm talking about the Continental Basketball Association, which, you know, when he bought it and he ran it into the ground. Uh, oh, and, I mean, it, let's face it, it wasn't off the ground to begin with. Still, still, okay. He, he failed to get it off the ground. Yes, okay. Uh, and, and the league ultimately folded. Um, was a failure as the head coach of the Pacers. Was a failure as the president of basketball operations with – the, the the New York Knicks. Um, like Isaiah Thomas just couldn't take his really excellent basketball playing career and say, yep, I'm good. Let's call it a day. Yeah. Like he like had to keep pushing. It's really tainted the way people look at him. I of think. course. And, and it happens. Sometimes great players just don't make great executives yeah. or great owners. It, it, it just Sometimes it doesn't work. Well, actually, a lot of times. Most it times, work. Most I was going to say, yeah. It doesn't work. It's very, you know, Wayne Gretzky was a bad executive in the NHL, right? He was terrible with the Phoenix Coyotes, but he's just great when he is the greatest player of all time. Like, it just happens. So to hear, and especially me being close to his tenure with the Knicks, I was there working with the team, to hear that he's going to have or possibly have a role in another organization, one that has championship aspirations, I think that's an immediate red flag. I was going to say, so this is Chris Paul's way of saying, hey, just in case you think it's not a big deal, this is happening. This is happening, yes. So Chris Paul— Does that make you less less in on the Suns next year? No, because Isaiah doesn't have his fingerprints on the team right now. Okay. I, I mean, listen, if his only fingerprints are the Bradley Beal thing, I think that's that's okay. We're okay with that, right? Uh, but as far as what other moves they're going to do, I don't know. We'll but see. We'll see. But right now, he does not have a role. Right now, he just has the ear of their owner, much like he had the ear of James Dolan in New York. So as far as now the, the Suns go, let's start with the Suns first. Their odds to win the title went from nine to one to plus six fifty. So they were like, what were they uh, ranking wise uh, as far as favorites go? Well, now they're the third favorite. Okay. So if you just look at right now odds, and we'll use DraftKings right now for the for the reference point, but the odds to win the NBA title right now up on DraftKings have the Suns at plus six fifty as the third favorite. If you were looking at where they were, if you're saying nine to one. They were the fifth favorite. Okay. And who so they, the, who's the rest of the top five? It's Nuggets, Celtics, Suns, Bucks. Okay. And then Lakers. So they were. So they jumped the Lakers. They jumped the Lakers and they jumped the Bucks. Okay. Or, or, or no, they jumped the Bucks. They were ahead of the Lakers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they jumped the Milwaukee Bucks. All right. It, it kind of makes sense. And they're closing in on the Boston Celtics. It kind of makes sense. Like, I mean, on paper, this this roster is really nice. Although, yeah, they're forming their own little big three. Again, you know, I, we talked about it yesterday. They, they, as of today, have five players under contract for next season mm-hmm. and are already well over not just the salary cap but the luxury tax. So it's going to take some real creativity, and that's why when I, when I say if Isaiah Thomas's fingerprints are on this team – I'm not excited about what they're going to do to build around what they've got. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk about the Bradley Beal on-court effect. BetOnline has an odds on Bradley Beal's points per game during the regular season. That's an interesting prop because we've never seen Bradley Beal in a a role 
that would ask him to be a not a featured player. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what those numbers are because it's. I mean, he's been a over a, a 20 points per game guy now for seven, eight years. Yes, and last year with the Wizards, 23.2 points per game in 50 games played. Okay. His number is set at 21 and a half. That would be his lowest since 2015-16, uh, and that would be lower than his career average. It fe- also, think about the amount of games played. Like, he played 50 games. 2021, 22, 40 games, 60 games. Like, he played a full season in 2018, 2019, and the year before that as well. That's it. But for this, it doesn't really matter, right? Points per game. Yeah, it's just points per game, yeah. So I guess less games might be better. I don't know. I tend to – I mean, honestly, this is is the way you have to look at this bet. That If you're making this bet, you're betting on the health of Kevin Durant more than you are of Bradley Beal. Because if Kevin Durant's not on the floor for a good chunk of the season, Bradley Beal will be – a scorer. He will be a primary scorer. If Kevin Durant stays moderately healthy, Bradley Beal will be the third option, maybe the fourth option on this team some nights. So it's it's hard to imagine him getting to that number. Can we also just acknowledge that, like, Bradley Beal was the third pick in 2012? Yeah. He's only 29 years old. I would have thought he was older than that. But, yeah, yeah it's uh, – th- yeah, that that is surprising. Like, he's 29 years old. Like – I'm about to blow your mind, okay? Do it. Do it. Beal's the same age as Steven Adams. That's that's wild to me. Steven Adams feels like an old man in the league. Right? Doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't well, yeah. I mean, I guess that he was in, early in the crop, of like where it was like the one-and-done guys were starting to come through. He, he's the same draft class as Anthony Davis, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, yeah, I, I get that's that's really wild to think. Is Anthony Davis also 29 then? Anthony Davis is 30. Okay. Whew. Yeah. Big difference there. Big difference. But, yeah, it's wild to think that those guys drafted over 10 years ago are still not even 30 years old. That's uh, <laughs> that's unbelievable. And, like, Dame Lillard's from that same draft class. And 32. I know he, he was, yeah, he wasn't a one and done, but he feels so much older. It's, All right. It's amazing how that works. In the same draft class, this is, this, this is also age going to blow your mind. Andre Drummond, 29 years old. No way. Andre Andre Drummond's forty. <laughs> Andre Drummond, like he when, has to be forty. <laughs> he's twenty nine. I don't believe it. He's August tenth, nineteen ninety three. Bradley Beal is older than Andre Drummond. You want to hear another crazy stat? And now this guy was—he uh, played four years in college, but that same draft class, mm-hmm. Draymond Green. Draymond Green, same draft class as Bradley Beal. All right, we have to get into Draymond Green, but let's finish these odds on the Suns and Chris Paul before we talk about 33-year-old Draymond Green. (laughs) Here's the odds on Chris Paul being on the Wizards next year. Yes, plus 185. No, minus 275. I think it's no. I I don't think there's any reason for Chris Paul to be on the Wizards. I I think the Wizards would rather pay pay him money that doesn't account to the cap and just move on than have carry his salary cap hit. It doesn't make any sense for them to carry that hit. Yeah, I actually think those are bad odds. I feel like it should be minus 500 that he doesn't yeah. play for the Suns. Like, I, I, mean, I mean, doesn't play for the Wizards. The Wizards may be the worst-run organization in basketball, and we don't we, like, we're about to find that out. I've never thought much of them, but uh, they may be the worst. And if they are, in fact, the worst, those odds are, are fine. Like Then, yeah, maybe he will play, and it's insane. But any sensible organization – would look at that and go, no, this isn't for us, guys. We need to move on. 
Let's take a look at what team Chris Paul will play for, if not the Washington Wizards. The favorite, plus 200, the Lakers. Second favorite, plus 300, the Clippers. I've heard both of those. They both make sense in different ways. The Clippers, you said you heard Stephen A. talking about it yesterday. Like the idea of adding another injury prone player to their roster doesn't yep. make a ton of sense. I guess, and you could say you could argue the same thing for the Lakers. But if you were to bring in Chris Paul and keep Russell Westbrook, now you're using two guys that are. And I, I was reading yesterday on the Athletic that that's a that's a real possibility. Uh, Law Murray was saying now that. that would be a move that works. I think because you you're not asking either player to be the main facilitator of the offense. Yeah. You're asking them to play a role. And I think that's how you get the best out of both players. And neither one – it's like he was, uh, he was saying neither guy should be playing more than 30 minutes in a night. That's what, Yeah, I agree. So there you go. Now you don't have to. So the other thing, and this is what Stephen A. was saying about why it doesn't make sense for the Clippers, is because you have two players that you cannot rely on right now to make it through a full season. You have two players you can't rely on to make it through 75% of a season. True. And that's Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You're and two, so, your two best players. Yeah. Why bring in another injury prone player? Because, you know, what could happen is these guys could have a great regular season, and then in the playoffs, you lose all three of them to injury. You're right. Or they could hardly play in the regular season and everything comes right at the and, end. And then they go into a play in the tournament, whatever. Because yeah. just like the – I mean, you could make that same argument for the, what the Suns just did. Why why bring in Bradley Beal? He keeps getting hurt every year. Like, why would you mm-hmm. want to add another injury? Pro- because if it all comes together, if the, you have this perfect storm where all three guys are on the floor at the same time at the right time, then who cares what their injury history is? Because if – Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook are all on the floor together at the same time. It's a scary team. So in that way, it does make some sense. Clippers right now 18 to 1 to win the NBA title. They are, uh, let's see, two, four, six, eight, ninth. Ninth favorite. Here's what I will say. I don't think Chris Paul moves the needle. Like no, I, don't, I don't think it moves them at all. I, I agree. I, does he move the Lakers, though? Lakers at 12 to 1. Do they get a little boost if they get Chris Paul? The Lakers seemingly so desperately need like a, a third guy. Mm-hmm. Although I think they found some guys in these playoffs who could be, you know, reasonable third guys. They just don't have the brand name. Uh, but that's the thing about LA. They love they love the brand names there. The Lakers do. So uh, I I don't know that he moves the needle for them either. Um, I do think that he, what Chris Paul would do for a team like that is give them some direction. Mm. Uh, I think Chris Paul is the kind of guy that even guys like LeBron James has respect for. Of course. Uh, and he's a, kind of, he's a leader. He's a, a clubhouse guy. And if you've got a clubhouse of guys who are willing to work, Chris Paul is a positive impact. If you've got a bunch of guys who want to coast and do, do things their way, having Chris Paul around is usually a negative. Let's take a look now at the following teams that, or the teams that follow the Lakers and the Clippers in the odds. The 76ers at plus 400. That would obviously entail a James Harden move before mm-hmm. because Chris Harden and, and uh, Chris Paul and James Harden aren't playing together. Yeah, James Harden signs somewhere else, yeah. and then they bring in Chris I, Paul. I, I could see that run a two man game with Joel Embiid. Yeah, I could see that. But I, are the are the Sixers better for that? I can't imagine they are. Mm, probably even not. a diminished Harden is better than yeah. this version of Chris Paul. And how about the New Orleans Pelicans? At five to one, the the Pelicans are an app. Well, here's there's two things that I I wonder about with this. The Pelicans are a nightmare right now. 
they everybody's talking about Zion being traded. Uh, they, like apparently everybody's on the trade block, which is Brandon Ingram's on the trade. Like everybody who's good is tradable. If you're bringing in Chris Paul, again, like, is, does that sound like you're doing some sort of a rebuild? Like, are you are you willing to move on from these guys who are actually good today? Because mm. if you do that, you're you're assuming there's a rebuild happening. But why do you do that and then bring in a guy like Chris Paul? The other thing is Chris Paul wants to go somewhere, I would assume, if he had his choice of where to go, since you know he's got State Farm money and all that stuff, money's not really an issue. He wants to win a championship. I imagine New Orleans is pretty far down his list. So you now look at the next team that I don't think really has a chance to land them, and that's the Spurs. I don't think he wants to go play. I mean, I guess you could play at Wembenyana, but uh, I, I don't see it. Then there's the Golden State Warriors. At seven to one, would Chris Paul sign with the Warriors? What sense does it make? Like, where where's his minutes come from? Do they cut into yeah. max contract Jordan Poole for him? I mm. I don't know. Like they've they've got a a, a younger. I don't want to say he's the same player. He's not, but they've got a, a defense first, like in Gary Payton, like a guy that you trust to to carry those minutes off the bench. I don't know that, it, that Chris Paul would be a fit there. Well, speaking of the Warriors, their new general manager, Mike Dunleavy Jr., has got his Also 29 years old? Cut out for you him. Tell me, you're going to hit me with that now? Come on. He wanted, all right, he's 42. Okay, a little old. <laughs> yeah. He's my age. Yeah. Right. So Dunleavy Jr. has got his work cut out for him. Uh, Draymond Green has declined his $27.6 million player option. He will be an unrestricted free agent. Rich Paul, who's his agent, Clutch Sports, he said, quote, we will continue to talk to Golden State and explore all options. And Mike Dunleavy Jr. said during his introductory press conference that bringing Draymond Green back was the top priority for the team. First of all, better third overall pick, Mike Dunleavy Jr. or Bradley Beal? Mike Dunleavy Jr. was the third overall pick? Third overall pick. Yao Ming, Jason Williams, Jay Williams, and Mike Dunleavy Jr. Jay Williams, Duke Jay Williams. Duke Jay Williams. Wow. Pretty wild, isn't it? So Duke had back. They had the they had second, second and third, and the third the overall pick in the draft. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, they were good at sports. Look at, back that, then. Look at that Coach K, knowing, yeah. knowing what he's doing, huh? Carlos Boozer, that same draft class, second rounder. Yeah. I feel like Duke won a national championship. Yeah, they did the year before. In 2001, <laughs> they won the uh, the national championship. Makes so sense. all three of those guys were, were sophomores <laughs> that year. So, yeah, yeah, they had a pretty good squad. Uh, as far as Draymond, this is. I knew eventually we'd get to this spot with Draymond and I am ultra curious on how it ends up because Draymond maybe more than anybody in the league is one of those system players. Will Draymond be nearly as effective of a basketball player when he's not playing on these golden state warriors? My thought has always been no. Like I think Draymond's a, a, a good player. He's a nice piece to have. But the idea that Draymond has been has become essentially a superstar player and like a, a a big money guy is out of the ordinary for someone of his skill set. Uh I I'm not sure what the market will be for him, but I'm I'm almost interested to see what he's like outside of Golden State. I want to see him somewhere else. What's interesting is remember when stuff started to come out at the end of the season, you know, thanks to the, the Draymond podcast and all that stuff about how the beginning 
incident uh, when he punched Jordan Poole at training yeah. camp. They f- never really got, or it d- that didn't get over until late in the season. Yeah, or or it never really did anything. Like, like Steve Kerr said, it left the cloud over the entire season. Maybe the Warriors players want to just move in another direction. Maybe I, I don't think any of them will say it out loud. It, it, it certainly, I don't think. The important people, namely Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, or Steve Kerr, mm-hmm. will say it out loud. But I could see that. I could see them looking at it and going, you know what? It's it's just better if we all go our separate ways because this this is too ugly to overcome. Listen, anytime there's something like that, like you know, if you punched me in the face uh, and then well, I had be to, a mistake, I had to work with you for the next year and not not punch you back. It's like it'd be a difficult work environment, you know? So I, I see how that, I see how that can be. It's, it's not one of those things you just get over instantly. Uh, but yeah, it seems like when there's millions and millions of dollars involved, I think I'd probably even swallow my pride and just, uh, you know, wear, wear my, wear my black eye like a trooper and, <laughs> and go on, go on back to work with a smile on my face. So I think that's going to be one of the more interesting storylines as we progress here throughout the NBA offseason. Obviously, the draft is the first thing that is going to come up. That's on Thursday, the NBA draft. That's come up on us fast, man. Well, it's it's also not really talked. I mean, it's not a big conversation because— Because we know who's number we one. We know who's number one. And so I guess you can bet on who's going to be number two. Those odds seemingly go back and forth between Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller. But it's not sexy enough like the number one overall pick. And there's no drama surrounding the top pick this year. It's not going to flip-flop at the last moment. So I think that's why it's kind of been a little under the radar right now. And it's just kind of assumed – well, not assumed. It's known – when Bignana goes to the Spurs with the number one overall pick. It's known. It's known. So once that's over, then there's going to be a whole bunch of free agency things. I'd also keep an eye on what the Denver Nuggets do because I have a feeling they're going to use those two second-round picks that they have to try and get into the first round. I could see that as well. And, dra- and draft it a makes, player. It makes a lot of sense. Although, maybe the idea of keeping your salary cap low and keeping, like, if they really trust their scouting department mm-hmm. – which, you know, the the guy that they uh, – Jokic was a second-round pick that they traded for. He ended up being okay. Uh, so maybe they do trust those guys. But having young pieces that are very affordable is, is something that this team could use over the next couple of years while they try and keep it together. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore – your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. 
H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Major League Baseball, we have to talk about a 400 hitter, the hottest team in Major League Baseball, and the worst starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. History? Mm, quite possibly. In the, in the conversation. conversation. <laughs> Let's start with uh, the hottest team in Major League Baseball, and that's the Cincinnati Reds, winners of nine straight games <laughs> after they picked up win number nine in a row, beating the Rockies 5-4. Joey Votto made his uh, return and homered in his season debut. He is now homered in his season debut four times for the Reds. Nice. Welcome back, Vodder. That's the most for a Reds player since 1900. That's a, that's a long that's time. A, that is a long time. That's the Reds a, have been around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, used to be the Red Stockings. I didn't know that. Yeah, back in the day. Cincinnati Red Stockings. Uh, well, Joey Votto homered. Reds win 5-4. Guess what? The Reds are in first place. That's crazy. The but Cincinnati Reds, the team that last year was in a what fire sale, getting rid of every single player that they had. They finished the year 62 and 100 last year. 62 and 100 last year. They are 38 and 35. Not a great record. I mean, look, they're three hey, games first above 500. Place is first place, but bro. they're in first place on June 20th. Yeah. First place on June 20th for a team that lost 100 games last year. That is quite the turnaround. It really is. Good for them. It, it, it helps it. It's a very winnable division this year. So, Well, uh, yeah, it's a terrible division. Make but, your hay. Well, it, it's a terrible division. But I'm just thinking about turnarounds from last season to this season. And that, to me, is, I mean, look. 100 losses, and then right now you're in first place. That's fine. You could say the same thing about the Pirates when they were in first place. They lost 100 games last year. Diamondbacks were a 74 and 88 last year, and this year the Diamondbacks right now first place, 44 and 29. Yeah. And they, the Giants, 81 and 81, mediocre, right? They had that incredible year two years ago, and everyone was like, "It's a fluke," right? Well, yeah, they returned back down to earth. Well, maybe it's not so much of a fluke because this year the Giants, 40 and 32, eight straight wins. For the Giants. Yeah. Not a fluke. Obviously, Gabe Kapler must know what he's doing. So I just think it's really interesting to look at teams that had, you know, really massive turnarounds 
from a season ago. I mean, the Orioles, with the Orioles, we saw this. We saw them trending upwards. Uh, like, I mean, I guess you can look at the the opposite direction and talk about teams like the Astros and the Mets, who are just completely bombing this year. And speaking of that, those two teams played each other last night. Max Scherzer pitched great. Eight innings, only one run. Astros can't score. Mets bombed them. 14 hits for the Mets. They went 11-1 last night. Now, let's be careful when we say bombing because the Astros still have a better record than the Cincinnati Reds. So they're not a total wipeout just yet. That's they're not true. below 500. No. I was. I mean, you could look at teams. Over, they are struggling. Like the the Seattle Mariners, who were a darling last year, mm-hmm. struggling. Uh, the, the Cardinals, I think, are the best example. Like that's a team that everyone had high expectations sure, for. And sure. not only they're not just bad, they're like disastrous bad. Yeah. Although the Cardinals have won three straight, and the Astros have lost five straight. Yeah. So Astros can't win a game right now. The Astros can, they cannot win a game right now. The Mets. They snap uh, out of their small losing skid, uh, picking up a win. But this is still a team that is underperforming mightily, and they're they're just they're, they continue to struggle. Uh, who is not struggling right now? That's Luis Arise. Luis Arise of the Marlins went five for five last night. Marlins picked up a win, eleven nothing over Toronto. You want to talk about a surprise team? It's the Miami Marlins, forty two and thirty one on the season right now. But Arise becomes the fourth player since 1900 to have three five-hit games in a single month. That's wild. Last time it happened, Dave Winfield did it June of 1984. <sighs> Prior to that, it was Ty Cobb in July of 1922. And then George Sizzler did it August of 1921. And it's weird because this isn't like... You know, this isn't like a Barry Bond situation where you can just pitch around him. He's like he's a slap hitter. Yeah, like this is he's he's got two home runs this year. So like you're not going to intentionally walk a guy who can't like do real damage to you. So it's hard to avoid pitching to him, and he's just swinging a red hot bat. I mean, he's he's a modern day Tony Gwynn. I was going to say, I guess that's probably a good comp. I was going to say it reminds me a little bit of Ichiro, like just a guy who finds a way on base constantly. Right? Sure. You know, but, but I mean, Tony for, Gwynn's a good one. Tony Gwynn had, he played 20 years in the big leagues and he had double digit home runs five times. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good comp. He had 15 seasons of it, single digit. And most of them were like one, one, five, six, four, 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 six. Now, mind you. It's high praise to put Tony Gwynn's name in this conversation. I mean, Luis Arias is having his second good baseball season. Like, I, I understand, but the, he's going to be – he he could legitimately win the batting title in both leagues in consecutive years. It seems likely at this yes. point. Like, and we're talking about – if you're talking about batting average, you're talking about Tony Gwynn, right? That's what you're talking about. You're talking about a guy who never struck out. You're talking about a guy who always put the ball in play and was batting around 400 at this point of the season – Frequently, and that's where Luis Arias is right now, back up to batting 400. I don't think he's going to do it for the whole season. There's a reason why it hasn't happened in forever. I just think he's at 400 now. In order for him to get above 400 to then, he's going to have to go on such a, a tear to then be able to sustain the, the tiny slumps to then stay above 400. I don't think it's possible. I think he'll finish the year like 385, 390. Which is an awesome year. Uh, what, but what's in really incredible is when you look at the rest of that lineup, it, it, I mean, it's not like there's a bunch of other guys hitting 300. Like, there's not. it's not like he's protected in this lineup in a way that you'd like, oh, it makes sense. 
it's it really is it's it's phenomenal what he's doing so by the way 385 390 that, that, that would be ridiculous numbers i maybe like 340 or something like that last year at 316 uh 334 his first year in minnesota 321 his second year in minnesota 294 go, in 2021 what was he doing i'll go i'll go over 340 i i think at this yeah, point I think, like I, it's, yeah, uh, that's it's, possible it's be hard to avoid uh, yeah i i like that as well but you know why it's like yeah you say the rest of the lineup's not doing anything for the marlins but the guy's always on base. Yeah. So so if you're if if you just you play a game where you always have somebody on base, yeah, like you're gonna have opportunities to score runs. You know, Jorge Soler's got 21 home runs. It's not terrible. Nobody else has anything, though. He's the only guy. No one else on the Marlins has double-digit home runs. Yeah. And Soler's got 21. By comparison, the major league leader has got 24. So he's third in the league. Well, in Major League Baseball on home runs. It makes sense that they bat Solaire second right behind a rise. Just, hey, if you're going to hit one. Let's There's a two-one shot right there. Exactly. And, and, and think about it. He gets on base, and you hit a two-run shot. Oh, by the way, that happened yeah. yesterday against Toronto as Luis Arise gets on. And Jorge Soler hits a two-run home run in the third inning. So that's that is how the Marlins are scoring their runs this year. That's why they're 42 and 31. The other story we have to mention in Major League Baseball that happened yesterday is Jordan Lyles lost uh, again. Well, he this is didn't, incredible. He didn't lose personally, but the Royals lost a game in which he has started, and they lose all the games in which he starts. The Royals are now 0-15 in Jordan Lyles starts this season. It is the longest losing streak to start a season when a pitcher starts in history. That's incredible. I mean, congratulations starts. to him. This is something that's never been accomplished. I mean, we have to we have to take our hats off, right? And it might have been his one of his best starts of the season. Like <laughs> Still not enough. Sorry, six friend. innings. He only allows three runs, but some of those runs were credited to when he came out of the game, right? And the bullpen blows it. It was a five-run seventh inning for the Tigers that brought them back from down four to one to win the game six to four. And one of the runs they scored in the bottom of the fifth inning was kind of like a fluke run because there was a single hit. To, it was two outs. And there's a runner on second base, or maybe it was a runner on first base. Regardless, two outs. And it was a base hit to the left fielder, and he charged it. And instead of just, like, letting it bounce and just picking it up and throwing it in, he charged it too hard, and it bounced through his legs and rolled behind him, and the runner scored all the way from first base with two outs. That's not ideal. That's the Kansas City Royals. They suck. <laughs> they are horrible. I would say poor guys, but uh, I don't think they're trying. Yeah, it's so, so bad. Uh, anyway, let's take a look at what's on the Major League schedule for today. The Braves are at the Phillies with Spencer Strider on the mound against Ranger Suarez. Atlanta's minus 155. The total is eight and a half. And I got to be honest with you, with all due respect to Spencer Strider, I think the over's the play here. Strider has given up five runs in his last start against Detroit, eight runs in the start before that against the Mets. I don't trust Ranger Suarez against this Braves lineup either. So I think the Phillies can score off of Strider, and I think the Braves are going to score. I think over eight and a half is the way to go. Both these teams won six straight games coming into this one, so both teams playing really well right now. Maybe you're right. Maybe that is the way to look. I, my initial thought is, 
I believe Spencer Strider is better than what we've seen the last two starts. Mm-hmm. So sure. like I assume eventually he's going to even out. Yeah, like I, he's due for like an eight in, eight innings, one run performance. Yeah, I expect I expect Ranger Suarez to be bad. Mm-hmm. So that seems most likely to me. But the way the Phillies are playing right now, and yeah, maybe maybe the over is the way to look. Orioles are at the Rays. Kyle Bradish going for Baltimore. Tyler Glass now for the Rays. Tampa Bay that's is minus one eighty. Yeah, oh, it's a high number. It is a high number. Glass now uh, gave up three runs against the A's in his last start, but overall. He in his four starts here since returning from injury, he's been he's been pretty good. Um, no difference between Homer Road. So it's to me it's raise or pass, but one eighty is a high it, price. It's too high of a price, especially a good team like the the uh, Orioles. The Royals will try and bounce back. Daniel Lynch gets the start for them in Detroit against the Tigers. Michael Lorenzen goes for Detroit. They're minus one forty five favorites. Blue Jays will send Yusei Kikuchi to the mound against the Marlins and Yuri Perez. Miami minus 115. Do you keep riding this Miami train right now? Seems hard to look away from it, uh, given that their offense is just firing on all cylinders. Although, uh, day after I goes five for five, day after they score mm. 11 runs. And the Blue Jays got shut out. You expect them to kind of come back down to earth, right? George Kirby will start for the Mariners against the Yankees and Garrett Cole. Yankees are minus 135. Cole is 7-1 and one on the year, but he has made 15 starts for the Yankees. The Yankees have won 11 of those 15 starts. Give me a total in that game. Total for Yankees and George Kirby versus Garrett Cole. Seven. That's so that low. Such a low number. But I, and it's I in do, New York too. It's not like it's in Seattle. I think it's a pitcher's duel. I think George Kirby's been so good this year. Yeah, kind of un, under the radar. Good. Cardinals will look to extend their winning streak. They're the Cardinals at the favored. Cardinals are favored. I'm out. Minus 155, Jordan Montgomery against Mackenzie Gore. Uh, Montgomery, one of the least profitable pitchers in baseball, by the way, because like, they're always favored when he starts, and he's 3-7. and seven. The Cubs are at the Pirates. Chicago minus 130. Marcus Stroman on the hill against Johan Oviedo. The Rockies are at the Reds. Ben Lively gets the start for Cincinnati, and Noah Davis for Colorado. Now, the Reds are minus 170. Damn, that is a that's a big number. That is a Reds. huge number, but are you jumping in front of this train? No, I'm nine not. straight wins. I'm not. No, certainly not. Nine straight wins, second longest winning streak for the Reds in the 21st century. That's wild. Ten is the longest winning streak for them. So they could tie it today. Yeah. I mean, it's only been since the year 2000, but still, that's a, that's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. Uh, the A's are at the Guardians. Luis Medina goes for the A's. Aaron Savale for Cleveland. Cleveland's minus 225. That's Ex- a really me? high number. Minus 225? Yeah. yeah. I think I like the A's. <laughs> I think I do, too. That's a crazy number. Yeah, Luis Medina, though, 1-6 with a 7.55 ERA. Oh, and Savale is pretty good. Yeah. Red Sox are at the Twins. Minnesota's minus 140. Bailey Ober. On the mound for Minnesota, Cutter Crawford for Boston. Diamondbacks are at the Brewers. Milwaukee minus 120. Colin Ray gets a start. Ryan Nelson for Arizona. I like Milwaukee. Uh, Ryan Nelson has some of the worst advanced stats you'll see uh, in Major League Baseball. Anderson, Nevada's own? That's too bad. Where do you go to high school? Basic high school. No, like where do you go to high school? It's called basic high school. Oh. It's my, my son's <laughs> high school's rivals. Yeah. <laughs> What's the opposite of basic? I, I don't know. <laughs> basic basic academy. Okay. The opposite would be like uh, extraordinary It'd be, or, no, or bougie. unusual. It'd be bougie. It's the bougie. Well, what's the opposite of basic? Unusual? 
No, because that would be usual, be unusual, right? What's the opposite of basic? I don't know. Full truth told, we just edited. I texted McKinsey, our English major from our Ivy League English major uh-huh. from Yale, not from like, you know, Columbia or one of those schools, Princeton. This guy went to Yale. Acidic could be a, uh, an opposite word for basic. That is like the most clever slap in the face answer because like he's it. not using the word basic I know. like we're using the word basic. He's using the word basic in terms like of like a, pH like levels. a science guy. Yeah. I yeah. like it. I'm for it. It's the best. I, it's the best I could have come up with. So I mean, it's a fantastic answer. It's very it's, strong. It's such a like a snobby answer, though. Well, I just told you he's a, an English major from Yale. So you think you're better than me? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look at the rest of the major league scoreboard. Not basic at all. The Mets take on the Astros. Justin Verlander against Framber Valdez. Houston's minus one thirty-five. Total is seven and a half. I don't like Houston as a, a favorite right now, especially against someone like Verlander. Uh, I have a feeling that Verlander is going to be comfortable on that mound. I would say, yeah, he's been there before. So, <laughs> uh, But just given the way the Astros lineup's been lately, it's hard to imagine them scoring more than two or three runs. So mm-hmm. uh, do, you, do you think that the Mets can do more than that? I, I tend to think they probably can. Yeah, I think maybe. Uh, I don't know if I want to go under one and a half in the first five innings for the Houston Astros. But I don't think Verlander's going to give up any runs. Yeah. I, I really this is, don't. This lineup's just gross without Jordan. Yep. Rangers are at the White Sox. Nathan Yavaldi against Dylan Cease. This is a really good pitching matchup. Texas is minus 125, total of eight. Yeah, Dylan Cease had one of those. Uh, remember, like I said, good pitchers usually find their levels. He mm-hmm. had one of those the other day with ten double-digit strikeouts yeah. again for our boy Dylan Cease. So, uh, yeah, this is a – I, I kind of like Dylan Cease as a dog here, but – the Rangers, the, those bats are lively, brother. And Nathan Yavaldi having He's a great good. year. Yeah, no doubt. Padres are at the Giants. Seth Lugo goes against Anthony DiSclafani. It's an even spread. Uh, these two teams played into extra innings last night. Don't know if that fatigue affects them coming here tonight. And the Dodgers at the Angels. Clayton Kershaw for L.A. Reed Detmers for L.A. It's the <laughs> freeway series with the Dodgers minus 145, total of nine. And, look, the Dodgers are the better team on paper. Clayton Kershaw is the better pitcher. But they're not playing good baseball right now. And they've lost three straight. And the Angels, they seem to kind of have this little mojo going, especially with Shohei Otani, who's batting 300, by the way. Uh I think I think the Angels as dogs might be worth a look. I the, I saw a stat today that was just mind blowing. That basically every statistical category, mm-hmm. uh, runs, hits, homers, walks, RBIs, stolen bases, batting average, on base percentage, slugging, OPS, wins, ERA, strikeout. Otani's the team leader in all those. Is that good? I think it's good. I, I think he's a good sports player. I think he's a good sports player. Well, uh, he's minus four fifty to be the AL MVP now, and I feel like that's short because Judge and, and Jordan were the two guys who were in the conversation, mm-hmm. and they got hurt. Meanwhile, he's just he's playing his best ball of the year. He's running away with this thing. It's Otani, and then Aaron Judge is plus 1,700, <laughs> and then Wander Franco and Corey Seager, 30-1. to 1. Yeah. Otani's the MVP of the AL. Yeah. It's, his head would have to fall off. Yeah. That stinks because I had Jordan Alvarez, and – he really started the season hot. Yeah, it's a bad break for him because he's getting. I mean, he's the only bat in the in the 
it, that's part of what's hurting him. The only bat in the Astros lineup that, mm-hmm. that's been good this year. So he doesn't have quite the RBI production that you'd hope he would have, even though it's been good. Uh, but that this injury that's going to keep him out, you know, for it looks like for a while uh, is, is a killer. So you want to know what's crazy in the National League? Ronald Acuna is the favorite to win the MVP. The second favorite to win the MVP is Corbin Carroll, who's a minus 475 favorite to be rookie of the year. And he's the second favorite at plus 650 to be the MVP. Corbin Carroll is having an insane season for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He homered last night and now has 20 home runs and 21 stolen bases in his first 102 career games played. That's the fastest player since 1900 to reach 20 and 20. That's impre- that's pretty that's impressive. The Let only me- other the only other player to do that it was Fernando Tatis did it in 97 games. Tatis Jr. did it in 97 games. I would throw out one other name in the NL that I, I haven't heard much about all season. Freddie Freeman's been phenomenal this year. And yep. I guess maybe the Dodgers haven't been as good as a team, yeah. which is, is struggling. They keep slumping. And, it's going to hurt him. And I guess he's going to split some votes with Mookie Betts conceivably. But he's he's been really, really good this year. He's always good. He's just consistent. College World Series live from Omaha, Nebraska. Going strong. couple more games yesterday. Tennessee gets a 6-4 win. Eliminated, eliminated Stanford. In that matchup, and LSU, who had a 2-0 lead late, gave it up mm. to the top seed, Wake Forest. Was that your Ed Orgeron, frustrated about LSU losing? Go Tigers. Wake Forest 3, LSU 2, and that sets up a couple good games for tomorrow, a couple elimination games. TCU versus Oral Roberts in the early game. LSU-Tennessee part two in the late game. So some good matchups today here in Omaha. The uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacons are your favorite to win the College World Series. They entered the tournament as the favorite. They actually became the fifth number one national seed to win its first two games in the men's College World Series. Three of the previous four all went to the championship game. Only Miami in 1999 actually won the national championship, though. So it's a good omen for Wake Forest. If you're just looking on their chances to make it to the national championship series, they're minus 105 to win the title. Florida is second at plus 165, and then the odds completely drop off. LSU plus 900, Tennessee 16 to one, TCU 22 to one, Oral Roberts plus 4500. Yeah, TC uh, Wake Forest and Florida being the favorites. Obviously, they're the, only they're the, the teams. two and O teams, mm-hmm. and that means they can lose a game. And still be alive. Yep. Everybody else playing for their lives right now, at least until uh, we get to Thursday when we get to uh, to bracket play, or if if we end up uh, not needing, we get to the uh, the finals, which would be this coming weekend. So, uh, fun day out in Omaha today. Dalvin Cook, free agent running back, Dalvin Cook came out yesterday and said he would love to pair up with DeAndre Hopkins and make an epic team together somewhere. And it's weird because it seems like both these guys, have they're not new to the free agent market. It doesn't seem like either of them are getting quite the attention they had hoped they would get on the free market. Is this like a a ploy to try and say, hey, maybe we'll – 
we end up together. Maybe you can get two of us for for a, a little bit of a deal. Like, what what are your thoughts on why he'd be saying this? I just I, I don't know if there's a team out there that is capable of doing it. Like, Bet Online has odds on Dalvin Cook's next team. Everybody can afford a running back because, like, yeah, they make nothing. It's a matter. It's it's a matter of are is Dalvin Cook willing to take nothing wherever DeAndre Hopkins gets paid? At? Well, let me go over the list of Dalvin Cook's next team odds, and you tell me if any of these teams can or would sign DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. The favorites, the Miami Dolphins. No. Dolphins are minus 300 to get Dalvin Cook because the Dolphins were the team that was rumored to want to trade for him before the draft. So would the Dolphins now have room in their crowded wide receiver room that features Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell to bring in DeAndre Hopkins? No. Exactly. So I don't think that happens. Would Dalvin Cook turn down money from the Miami Dolphins because he wants to play with that with uh, DeAndre Hopkins? No. Exactly. This one's interesting to me. The Jets are plus 250 to get Dalvin Cook, according to Bet Online. That's not crazy. I, I like the Jets. Yeah, Brees Hall coming back from injury, and then you sign Dalvin Cook to be a one two punch. Yeah, but I think Dalvin Cook, like, the, he's wanting the kind of money that would you'd pay to a, 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 a main guy, a yeah. starting guy, and that's not what the Jets need right now. The Buffalo Bills, five to one. Buffalo Bills could use wide receiver help. But the Buffalo Bills aren't signing Dalvin Cook. Bengals ten to one again. Bengals aren't. Bengals could. They might sound, sign Dalvin Cook. Yeah, not. They don't not need the wide receiver happens. help. Cowboys eleven to one. The Cowboys are interesting because Zeke Elliott's gone. They certainly need a wide receiver. Do they feel like they've got an every down back? I don't know. I don't know what they feel like. Tony got. Pollard. Yeah. So that that's an interesting one, certainly. And I'll give you one more. Ravens, 16-1. to 1. Ravens always need wide receivers. Uh, I, I don't know that a running back would be in the cards for them. Could you imagine, though, Lamar having both Odell Beckham Jr. and DeAndre Hopkins? That'd be interesting. Yeah, and Rashad Bateman, if he if he turns out to be something. Mark Andrews. Yeah, they've got that's, some guys. Yeah, that, that's kind of nice. The favorite, uh, the latest odds I saw for DeAndre Hopkins, actually the Patriots were the favorite to land him. And then the Dallas Cowboys were the second favorite. Dallas could be, if you were talking about a team that would sign both of those players, maybe it's the Cowboys. I think Dallas is probably at the top of that list. I, well, I think there's teams that that could use both of those players. Like, I, I think the Houston Texans could use both of those players. They, You'd have their best wide receiver and best running back, just like that. But I don't think that's going to happen. So I think of the of the teams that we're reasonably talking here, the Cowboys make the most sense. And the Cowboys have about $20 million to spend. There you go. And that's – or it's like 16-something million. DeAndre says 19 for me, <laughs> one for you. <laughs> uh, all in good fun. All right, AJ, let's head over to pregame.com and share in the joy of saving money and winning money. You can choose your favorite pregame pro and jump on board for a seven-day all-access package, meaning you get every pick in whatever sport that pregame pro is going to place a wager on, and you can get every pick for seven days. And here's the best part. You can take 20% off of that. Or if you just want to spend your money on a daily best bet, you can get 20% off of that. You want to do a season subscription package? Maybe you want to wait for the weekend. Get a weekend all-access package from your favorite pregame pro. Either way you slice it, 20% off is yours. If you use the promo code BIRD20, B-I-R-D-20, we'll get you 20% off your purchase at pregame.com. 
for AJ Hoffman and a texting in Mackenzie Rivers. Basic, acidic. <laughs> I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are Strong Straight Out of Vegas AM.